0: And welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Monday, November 20th, and we start with local news. Frank and Sase Georg are getting ready for their sixth annual Thanksgiving meal giveaway on Thanksgiving Day by preparing more than 1,200 traditional meals for anyone who is in need of a meal for the day. Meals will be available at Grecian Family Restaurant and Bakery from 1130 a.m. until 3 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day and is open to anyone who needs a meal. Delivery options are available for those unable to get to the restaurant by calling to reserve a plate. After a smaller dinner in 2020 due to COVID-19, Frank and Sasa served 1,200 meals in 2021 and 2022 and expect a large crowd once again inside the restaurant this year. We are so happy to be able to have this event again, Frank said. Seeing the restaurant full of our caring volunteers and the families who just want to have company on Thanksgiving Day is such a blessing, he said. A restaurant devoted to community service, Grecian Family Restaurant is always looking for ways to serve Spring Hill and the surrounding communities. Consistently hosting spirit nights where a portion of the proceeds goes to local schools, ball teams, and other entities – Frank and Sasa know how important being good members of their community is. We really try to reach out to the community and find ways we can build relationships with those who need support here, Frank said. Spring Hill is a very large community, and if we can help facilitate fundraising efforts through our reach as a restaurant, we want to do that as much as we can, he said. Spring Hill recently reached the 50,000 citizens mark, according to the 2020 census, and the vast majority of those residents are not from Middle Tennessee, which means family can be hard to come by during the holiday season. If we can create an atmosphere of family through our Thanksgiving meal and also provide for those who are sick, working, or otherwise unable to spend time with family with a meal, we're going to do that, Frank said. The traditional meal consists of turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, cranberry sauce, yams, sweet potato casserole, dinner rolls, and an assortment of pies to choose from. For those who would like delivery up to 15 miles from the restaurant, you can contact them at 615-302-4808 or send a message through Facebook. On Sunday morning, Columbia Breakfast Rotary prepared turkeys for needy families in the community. With more is WKOM WKRM's Del Kennedy.
1: This is Del Kennedy from Porch Radio. This morning, Sunday, I am out with the Columbia Breakfast Rotary. They are cooking turkeys. They're cooking lots of turkeys in deep fryers. And these turkeys are going to needy families. I'm talking with Tim Huckabee of the Columbia Breakfast Rotary. This is, tell us about what's going on here, Tim. Hey, Dale. Thanks for coming out. Uh, this is the sixth year that we have provided turkeys for needy families in Murray County. These turkeys uh, go to people that are just a little less fortunate, down on their luck, and we're able to do it. We've got 75 turkeys this year that we're going through, and uh, they'll be dispersed through different people. We've got great Rotarians that are helping out. Uh, it's just a great event and a great way to be a good Rotarian. Well, it sure smells good. looks like folks are having a good time cooking them, and uh, you can only reason that the people who receive them will be great. We hope they are, and uh, we hope this helps them out. All right. Thank you again. Del Kennedy with Tim Huckabee, Columbia Breakfast Rotary. I'm watching and smelling many, many turkeys being cooked Uh, And they're going to folks who need them for Thanksgiving.
0: With nearly 200 alumni, staff, and faculty from Carver Smith High School, the community's pre-integration all-black high school on hand for Legacy Night at Columbia Central, Friday was a success before tip-off of the scheduled basketball doubleheader between the Lady Yellow Jackets and Yellow Jackets and visiting White's Creek. A pair of on-court victories were, as first-year boys co- coach Brandon LeVere said, the icing on the cake. To watch our community come together to re-recognize a legacy that's always been there and bring it back to life, it's important for all of our community to see, especially our young people. Girls coach Megan Moore said after seniors Anaya Mulholland and Savia Morgan each scored 16 points in a 58-27 win. We know the legacy Carver Smith started and it's important to see what they left. That's exactly what we need to see our young women do in the future, she said. Both teams wore green and gold replica uniforms to represent the school, which enjoyed its own successful athletic history from its opening in January of 1950 until its students were folded into Columbia Central's enrollment at the end of the 1968-1969 school year. It was important for our guys to get a sense, to be able to put on that jersey, come out and play in this magnitude of game, the atmosphere and the buzz, LeVere said following his team's 51-48 to 48 victory. There's so much we could benefit from. We told them the icing on the cake would be if we could come out and win the game, and that's what we did, he said. That win in the nightcap was significantly tougher to come by than the initial contest, Following a 41 27 win over Oakland in Thursday's season opener, the Lady Yellow Jackets scored the game's first 18 points Friday and led by double digits for the next three periods. Anaya's leadership is unrelenting, and Savaya and Anaya's competitiveness is unrelenting, and it's contagious, Coach Moore said. The boys' game was a back-and-forth affair that the hosts didn't take control of until opening the fourth period with a 10 to nothing run, turning a three-point deficit into a 47-40 lead with four and a half minutes to play. We just had one goal to go out and get the win, senior Jordan Davis said after scoring a game-high 17 points, including three key foul shots in the fourth quarter, to help the Yellow Jackets hold the lead down the stretch. Our biggest struggle right now is getting defensive stops and hitting free throws, LeVere said, after the Yellow Jackets went 18 for 34 from the foul line. But what we pushed in the offseason was adversity, digging out of the mud, seeing what we were about character-wise, he said. With 2.59 left, I looked at the bench and said, how bad do we want it? Leading by 5, 49-44 at that time, the hosts let... White's Creek get to within one before a pair of Kenneth Jackson free throws, with one hundred twenty-four remaining, providing the margin of victory. It's still early in the season, Davis said. This was our second game in two days. We've still got players coming back from football. Once everybody's healthy, we should clean things up, he said. Akai Hunt added ten points, as did Drevius Hall off the bench to help cap the night in a celebratory fashion. It was a way bigger crowd than we expected, Davis said. We felt it was special. It meant something for the ones that came before us. This was a way to show respect for those people, he said. United Auto Workers Union members have voted to approve a new contract with General Motors, making the company the first Detroit automaker to get a ratified deal that could end a contentious labor dispute and a series of crippling strikes. A vote tracking spreadsheet in the union's website shows that with all local union offices reporting, the contract passed by just over 3,400 votes, with 54.7% in favor. A union spokesman on Thursday confirmed that the spreadsheet had the official GM totals. The outcome was closer than expected after the UAW celebrations of victories last month on many key demands that led to six weeks of targeted walkouts against GM, Ford, and Stellantis, the maker of Jeep and Ram vehicles. On Thursday, the contract had a big lead in voting at Ford and Stellantis. Ratification was leading at Ford by more than 10,000 votes, with 66.7% of the ballots in favor. At Stellantis, the lead was over 5,700, with 66.5% voting for the deal, according to the UAW website. Voting continues at Ford through the weekend, with only two large factories in the Detroit area and some smaller facilities left to be counted. At Stellantis, three Detroit-area factories were the only large plants yet to vote, with tallies expected to be complete by Tuesday. The three contracts, if approved by 146,000 union members, would dramatically raise pay for auto workers, with increases in cost-of-living adjustments that would translate into a 33% wage gain. Top assembly plant workers would get immediate 11% raises and earn roughly $42 per hour when the contracts expire in April of 2028. At GM, about 46,000 workers were eligible to vote on the deal, and about 36,000 cast ballots. Of the four GM plants that went on strike, only workers at a large SUV factory in Arlington, Texas, approved the contract. Workers in Wentzville, Missouri, Lansing Delta Township, Michigan, and Spring Hill voted it down. Workers said that longtime employees at GM were unhappy they didn't get larger pay raises like newer workers, and they wanted a bigger pension increase. I'm not ungrateful, but I feel like it could have been better, said Andrea Rapaski, a body shop worker at GM's pickup truck factory in Fort Wayne, Indiana, who voted against the deal. Rapaski said she's happy that temporary workers will be hired faster and won't have to wait multiple years to reach the full assembly worker pay rate, now about $32 per hour. She's also glad that workers at parts warehouses and component factories will get the top wage. But she says she'll get only $4 per hour more at ratification, and her pay will have gone up only $7 per hour since 2006 due to concessions made to help the company out of dire financial straits during the Great Recession. I would have been happy if we would have gotten a bigger jump up front, she said. I think in 17 years, $7 more is not too good of a deal, she said. She also wanted to see larger pension increases as well, as defined benefit pensions and health care in retirement for workers hired after 2007. With GM making healthy profits, she's worried that the union may have missed the chance to get more money because the company may not be doing as well in 2028. Many new hires wanted benefit defined benefit pension plans instead of defined contribution plans, but the companies agreed to contribute 10 percent per year into 401k plans instead. Keith Crowell, the local union president of GM's Arlington plant, said the factory has a diverse group of workers, from full and part-time temporary hires to long-time assembly line employees. Full-time temporary workers liked the large raises they received and the chance to get top union pay, he said. But many long-time workers didn't think immediate pay raises were enough to make up for concessions granted to GM in 2008, he said. There was something in there for everybody, but everybody couldn't get everything they wanted, Crowell said. At least we're making a step in the right direction to recover from 2008. Citing the automaker's strong profits, UAW President Sean Fain has insisted it was well past time to make up for the 2008 concessions. Merrick Masters, a business professor at Wayne State University in Detroit, said GM has more older workers than the other two companies, so he expected the vote to be closer there. About half of GM's factory workers were hired before 2007. They may have felt they were not listened to enough, Masters said, of the workers. He expects the contracts to be ratified at Ford and Stellantis and said only lopsided votes against the deals that run counter to the current trends could sink the agreements. It currently seems that they are on track to pass, he said. President Joe Biden has hailed the resolution of the strikes as an early victory for what he calls a worker-centered economy, but the success of the contracts will ultimately hinge on the ability of automakers to keep generating profits as they shift toward electric vehicles. Thousands of UAW members joined picket lines and targeted strikes starting September 15th, before the tentative deals were reached late last month. Rather than striking at one company, the union targeted individual plants at all three automakers. At the peak of the strikes, about 46,000 workers were walking picket lines. The King's Daughter School and Heritage Bank and Trust are once again seeking help to make many Christmas wishes come true with the 23rd Annual Santa's Mailbox Gift Drive. The annual drive will kick off on Wednesday, November 22nd and run through Thursday, December 14th. Wish letters can be picked up from Santa's mailbox at Heritage Bank and Trust branches in Columbia and Mount Pleasant. The letters are from disadvantaged King's Daughter students and state custody kids who will be spending Christmas on campus. Students have written down their Christmas wishes in letters to Santa. Santa's mailbox should be easy to spot when you walk into a Heritage Bank and Trust lobby. Each letter contains one Christmas wish for a student, a press release states. We are so grateful to Heritage Bank and Trust for their support of our Santa's mailbox program. Many of our students cannot go home for the holidays, so the contributions of the bank, their customers, and our entire community make their Christmas wishes come true, King's Daughter School Executive Director Shawna Pounder said. Once gifts are returned, they will be wrapped by the King's Daughter staff members and placed in Santa's bag ready for delivery at the King's Daughter School campus on Christmas Eve. The school and bank members thank you ahead of time for helping make Christmas special for each and every child at King's Daughter School, the press release states. Heritage Bank and Trust is resuming hosting duties this year as a continued valued partner for King's Daughter School. Heritage Bank and Trust is proud to be a part of the wonderful work being done by the King's Daughter School, says Shelley Golden, King's Daughter School board member and executive vice president and chief risk officer at Heritage Bank and Trust. Over the years, I have served on the board of directors of the King's Daughter School and I continue to be impressed with the care and compassion given to each student to make their lives the best that it can be. Heritage is honored to partner with an organization making such a great impact in our community. Santa's mailboxes are located in two Murray County Heritage Bank and Trust lobbies, the first at 217 South James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia and the other at 109 South Main Street in Mount Pleasant. The King's Daughter School is a non-profit residential school that has provided academic, vocational, and life skills training to students with developmental delays for over 60 years. Main Street Mount Pleasant is proud to announce the much-anticipated first annual tree lighting ceremony. This event will usher in the holiday season with a brilliant display of 14,000 LED lights, festive entertainment, and community spirit. This new tradition is scheduled to take place on November 25th at 6 p.m. on the Square. My hope is for the tree lighting ceremony to become an event in the Mount Pleasant community to bring students, I'm sorry, residents and visitors together to celebrate the magic of the holiday season. I look forward to creating a memorable experience for all who attend, says Director of Spring, I'm sorry, with Mount Pleasant Main Street, Averly Pennington. Highlights of the event will include the official tree lighting. You can watch in awe as... Main Street's majestic tree is illuminated in a dazzling display of lights, marking the start of the holiday season at 6 p.m. There'll be holiday entertainment. You can enjoy live performances from Mount Pleasant Elementary, who will sing timeless holiday classics, followed by performances from the middle school dance team and the high school cheer squad. There'll be a visit from Santa Claus. The jolly old man himself will make a special appearance to greet children and hear their holiday wishes on the square from 5 to 545, Feel free to grab your camera to snap a photo with the man in red. Plenty of food and refreshments. The Connection Church will be on hand to provide delicious treats and hot beverages to attendees from 5 to 545. And of course, holiday shopping. Stroll Main Street, Mount Pleasant before the festivities and start your holiday shopping. Main Street, Mount Pleasant is dedicated to creating memorable and engaging events for our community. The tree lighting ceremony is just one of the many initiatives they undertake to enhance the charm and vibrancy of Mount Pleasant's downtown area. We believe this, that this event will be a heartwarming and unifying experience for our community. We can't wait to celebrate the holiday season with our friends and neighbors, says Mayor Bill White. All are, all are invet- invited to attend this free, family-friendly event. Please mark your calendars for November 25th and join us on the square to kick off the holiday season in style. Dress warmly and bring your holiday spirit as we light up the night together, he said. For more information about the tree lighting ceremony and other Main Street activities, contact them at info at visitmountpleasant.com. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have a steady rain tapering to showers this afternoon. The high will be around 70 degrees. Winds will be out of the south-southeast at 10 to 20 miles per hour. The chance of rain today, 90%. Tonight, we can expect periods of rain with a low of 56. Winds will continue out of the south-southeast at 10 to 20 miles per hour. There's a 100% chance of overnight rain, with an inch of rainfall possible. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today.
1: When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy.
0: We made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on.
2: Jingle bells, houses sell All the time of the year To get the most out of your house Let us help you there With free home staging, yard landscaping And some free repairs We work hard for you to make your dreams come true Mr. Grinch beware Merry Christmas to you and your family From George Verales and the Way
1: Realty And remember Jesus is the reason for the season Jesus Christ changes lives
0: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Vrilis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. The roar of the crowd echoed through the almost sold-out Grand Ole Opry house Thursday as the audience stood and clapped for the three Nashville police officers receiving the Fox Nation Patriots Award's biggest honor. Detectives Michael Colosso and Zach Police, Sergeant Jeff Mathis, and Officer Rex Engelbert were given the Stephen Siller Patriot Award for their response to the March 27th Covenant School shooting. In a special surprise, the group was also honored with a mural, and they received a standing ovation as they took the stage to receive the award named for New York firefighter Stephen Siller, who sacrificed his life to save others during the 9-11 terror attacks. That decision, it wasn't even a decision. Mathis said when he asked why he went in the direction of gunfire that March morning. The audience roared with clapping. One of our personal mantras is we put others first. On behalf of Metro National Police Department, there are patriots that I'll accept this for. Patriots like our friend and detective on our team, Eric Wegner. He ran outside, he got shot at, and that's what we needed to find in order for what we needed to do, he said. Three adults and three children were killed at the Covenant School, a private Christian school in Nashville, that March day. The shooter was also killed in an altercation with police. It wasn't the first time the group of responders had been honored. Colazzo police, and Mathis, along with Nashville Fire Paramedic Paul Gilmer and Emergency Dispatcher Jeffrey Bolin, were each awarded medals at an October First Responders Children's Foundation Annual Roll Call of Heroes in New York. Police Officer John Drake and Fire Chief William Swan were present at that ceremony. The presentation of the Stephen Siller Patriot Award was one of several highlights from the evening. Flood preparedness may be the top priority, safety priority in Tennessee next year. The Tennessee Department of Military requested about $5 million during a budget hearing with Governor Bill Lee last week to develop flood preparedness tools. There are two tools. About half of the funding will be used to create new flood models for every county by studying how water will move through the physical features of each area, potentially displacing the standard 100-year or 500-year floodplain maps, which are widely considered outdated and inaccurate. The second tool will be focused on early warning systems for storms like floods and tornadoes. The department is proposing a fund to fund a mezzo a mesonet, which is a statewide network of weather stations that record continuous real-time data on rain rates, wind speeds, soil temperature, and more. This information allows weather forecasters to essentially see what is happening at the ground level in every county, as opposed to relying on radar estimates from thousands of feet in the air. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. It's that time of year again, time to find the boughs of a live tree to decorate for the holiday season. By early, there are a number of live tree vendors in Murray County, including Southern Grace Tree Farm, located at 1215 Bear Creek Road in Kalioka. For several years, Frank and Nicole Musgrave, owners of Southern Grace Tree Farm, went to tree farms to choose the perfect Christmas tree for their home. After years of purchasing from other tree farmers, they decided they would grow their own trees and families could come to their farm and create the same wonderful memories. They now have beautiful trees to sell. They have pre-cut Fraser firs and you cut Virginia and white pine, as well as wreaths and garland. You can find more at www.southerngracetreefarm.com. Holcomb Farm, located at 2257 Arthur Hutcherson Road in Columbia, is also available. The Holcomb family is a family-owned tree farm with roots going back five generations. You can learn more by following them on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash Holcomb Tree Farm. And finally, the yard at Rowan Company, located at 206 Depot Street in Columbia. Rowan Company will be selling live trees and offering holiday cheer again for their fifth season. They will have a bonfire, a walk through the forest, Christmas music, and getting visitors ready to celebrate the holiday season. Learn more at www.rowandco.co. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting, WKOM, WKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or all of this broadcast, you can listen to it anytime or read the transcript online by visiting com. It's always there for you. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.